Welcome to Chica Sakasa. This is Chica Sakasa, the place where stories come to life and conversations take us on inspiring journeys. I'm your host, Argentina Beltran, and today's episode dives deep into a topic that touches the hearts of many. In a world that celebrates the joy of motherhood, there's a shadow that often goes unnoticed, an insidious issue that leaves scars that are often invisible, yet profound. Mom shaming. It's a phrase that carries the weight of judgment, unrealistic expectations, and societal pressures. It's about those moments when a mother's choices, decisions, and even appearances are dissected, critiqued, and deemed wrong by a world that should be understanding. But today, we're shining a light on this issue, breaking the silence that surrounds it, and exploring the strength, resilience, and beautiful spirit that can emerge from within. I'm joined by an, an extraordinary guest, Marielle, a seasoned broadcast media professional whose journey has taken her from documentary writing to hosting her own empowering podcast, The Tired Moms Podcast. Through candid conversations and heartfelt storytelling, Marielle opens up about her experiences from her days in broadcast media to her mission of supporting mothers. She brings to life the impact of mom shaming, those invisible scars it leaves behind, while inspiring us with her commitment to uplifting the Filipino community through projects like The Jungle, An American Anthology, and Finding Manila Town. So if you've ever felt the weight of judgment as a mother, if you question your choices in the face of societal pressures, or if you believe in the power of storytelling to heal and empower, then you're in the right place. Get ready for an honest and enlightening conversation that uncovers the truth behind mom shaming, celebrates the strength of mothers, and encourages all to embrace our journey fearlessly. Stay tuned as we journey through the highs and lows, the challenges and triumphs, and the beauty that lies within every mother's story. This is Chica Sakasa, and this is Breaking the Silence, Overcoming Mom Shaming. Let's dive in. My Kumare, Marielle, welcome to the show. So much. What an intro. Some, I was like, is that me? you. <laughs> Who else so could it be? I'm like, Thank you. wow, you've done so many amazing <laughs> things. Like, oh, that's so kind. Thank you. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And of course, congratulations um, on your podcast. This is so exciting. Um, the whole community, of course, we're very excited for you. We've always said, if anyone deserves their own show, it's LGT. Yeah. <laughs> you are our community, though, Fred. We're always really so, <laughs> so honored. I'm so the honored community to be here. Oprah or community Okra. Which one is oh, it? Oh, maybe both. I love Oprah. Sinigang, let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marielle, let's get into it. Our topic for tonight is breaking the silence, overcoming mom shaming. Define mom shaming. Mom shaming. I think um, in its simplest form, honestly, it's just adult bullying. Mm. You know, right? It's adult bullying. Um, if another person or parent sees you doing something the way that they wouldn't do it or they disagree like completely or they're offended maybe by your child um and you know they'll impose what they think should be done mm. right um and by that they'll say essentially that your process is not right right that um and it's just the audacity sometimes about like mom shaming or even parents shaming right mm -hmm. because you know not just me you know sometimes my husband will get it too i feel like people feel that it's their job to mm -hmm. rectify you, <laughs> you know, or that it's their job to, um, you know, that the situation is out of hand and it's their call to, it's their, they make that call. Like, mm -hmm. who are you? <laughs> what, yeah. what is this? 
audacity. There's just a sincere of audacity that um, they know and uh, that you should follow suit. So that's how I would define it. It's really adult bullying, you know. Mm. I, I want to understand in terms of your personal experience when it comes to mom shaming, because at yeah. 22, not only are you, you know, in terms of you still have a lot of insecurities as a person, like I'm trying yes. to imagine myself when I was into I had my kids when I was 30. Um, mm-hmm. And even then I was still, I still had a lot of insecurities myself in terms of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so how was that? Like, what's your personal experience being a young mom? And the experiences you mentioned in school and in other um, in other circumstances as well, where, where you felt like there was the shame um, attached to the interaction. Yes, there's so many stories. <laughs> um, I mean, again, being 22 and again, in any circle I walk into being the youngest and thing is about us, we all look young. So if, you know. Mm. I'm almost 40 now and people still think I'm sisters with my daughter. Either they're being really nice or it's true. I look young, you know, but you do look at young 20. <laughs> they still get ID'd. Sometimes I do. You know, I'm, I'm I get offended when I don't, when I go buy alcohol and somebody doesn't ask for my ID. And then when they do ask for my ID, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> please be just a please ask for my ID. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, so you know, yeah, can you sorry. imagine, right? Yeah, no, of course. How can you imagine at 22? Then we look like babies. And that's how I was. I looked like a baby. And honestly, I was a baby. Like 22 is really young. Mm-hmm. Um, so any space I walked into, there was almost like this air of like, we have to help her or we have to tell her this is how it is. Mm. And so, um, you know, sometimes you'd be in a room full of like, I know, culturally the Filipinos. Mm. Um, if you were in a room full of aunties and lolos and lolas, grandparents and mm-hmm. aunts and uncles, right? Um, they just have a tendency to kind of overbear mm. and say like, Oh, your baby's crying because of this. Give it to mm-hmm. me. I'll fix. Hold on, you know. Mm-hmm. Or um, I know there was this one time. This one, this one older like Lola type, right? She, um, my baby was crying. My baby is a colicky baby. That's the mm-hmm. thing. So she had gas problems, machetia, mm-hmm. the stomach. Um, so she naturally would be uncomfortable and cry, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there was this one time an older Filipina um, um, grandma type she was my baby was crying she was getting very frustrated she was like why aren't you beating her and I was like I just fed her she's a, you know she's just messy mm-hmm. um and I tried to explain it respectfully and what she did was he took she ripped out a piece of thread from her dress he licked it she like put it in her mouth and soaked it with her saliva oh! and, put it on, and she put it on my baby's head <laughs> and you have to understand like this was kind of the time of SARS too oh and I was like I was like what? no I was so upset I was so upset but that's the thing, though. It's just every single room I went to, everyone just kind of assumed she mm. doesn't know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to fix it for her or mm-hmm. give the baby to me. Like, I'll, I'll do this. Mm-hmm. Or why didn't you bring this? You should have brought her more milk. You should have done this. Mm-hmm. So there were just a lot of assumptions that I didn't mm-hmm. know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of unsolicited advice, of course. But, um, you know, they, that might not be exclusive to our culture I wouldn't know I'm only Filipino you know who knows mm-hmm. um but so that's kind of what it was like culturally now mm-hmm. in the outside world beyond like you know my circle of like Filipino family or friends right um there was still definite judgment again I looked very young with a baby and um there were instances where the assumption remains the same where it's like they assume I don't know I don't mm-hmm. know what I'm doing or that I'm already doing it wrong mm-hmm. you know um there was a time when a nurse like my kid was getting her, you know her scheduled shots babies get shots right mm-hmm. um and so she was getting her shots her instinct of course as a baby was to flinch and flail you know when she's hurt mm-hmm. and she was and I feel like that's a good instinct um mm-hmm. but the nurse got very stern with her 
and kind of like held her down and then yelled at her and then yelled at me you know mm-hmm. and being so young I didn't know how to react mm-hmm. and um I I did I, I remember it maybe I even said like sor- sorry maybe I said sorry mm-hmm. I, had, I had nothing to be sorry you know mm-hmm. I realize that now mm-hmm. but um that was my instinct I was like oh my gosh you're right like why why she hit you but a baby doesn't have intent like that mm-hmm. you know Mm-hmm. really doesn't and so she kind of ran us out saying like teach your child not to hit kind of thing and I'm like literally seven months this baby you know like mm-hmm. no malicious intent um so or maybe your like baby that. just had a strong sense that she was evil <laughs> <laughs> that could be it too you know her, her spidey senses were tingling and was like, I mean, like, like okay <laughs> yeah exactly you know can you imagine stranger danger plus mm-hmm. like you're getting poked so naturally you'd be like oh my gosh no I mm-hmm. felt like it was a good instinct for her to be like, mm-hmm. it hurts, don't hurt me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that was, that's one that stuck with me for a very long time. That mm-hmm. instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was like, well, if this person in the medical community is saying that um, I'm doing a bad job at this juncture of my mm-hmm. child's life, mm-hmm. and I didn't even anticipate that she should already know not to hit. Right. She, she should have counted. Yeah. Yeah. Then I had judged myself maybe more than the nurse did. Yeah. So that was really tough for me, you know, mm-hmm. um, and beyond that, there have been a lot, a lot of instances in the playgrounds or at schools, you know, mm-hmm. like um, either dropping them to take her off or picking her up and parents like, mm-hmm. again, they see me and now they'll see me with like my other baby. And of course, I'm a hot mess, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just like, they think I'm a teenager and I'm a hot mess. Mm-hmm. And one of them even had said like some offhand comment about, um, she said it in Tagalog. She said, um, or something like that. How do you even translate that in English? But it's something like, it's because you were a woman of ill repute. <laughs> you, know, you were hoeing like, early. <laughs> That's the for, literal translation. Yes, for a lack of better words, that was that. And there were so <laughs> many assumptions attached to that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, either these babies were not wanted or planned, which they were, you know like well within marriage you know but the audacity to actually just like blurt that out like i don't know i don't know why it was so comfortable for them did you feel like when you were pregnant and when you became a mom you all of a sudden became like public property oh yeah people can just say whatever they want to say to you and and you're just supposed to take it oh 100 i was just like this little accessory even you know that like oh how cute you know let's touch it let's let's rub its belly let's um you know uh, let's pick at it. Let's like dress it up. It, mm-hmm. it was um, almost like a dehumanizing experience. Very, very yeah. much. And sometimes that's why pregnancy is a lonely experience. It is. Because, you know, like if you're not surrounded by, you know, people that are pregnant at the same time as you, you can't be like, you know, um, and if you're alone and maybe people closest to you are even doing that, right? Yeah. Or it's yeah. yeah. No, for sure. Because like, for example, when I was pregnant, I was pregnant with twins, right? Yeah. And I was over 200 pounds at that time. And it was like this giant belly. Not and I would go through shopping and people would just like come towards me and start rubbing my belly or would say things like, it's got to be twins, right? If it's not twins, then I don't know what you did with yourself. Like, what? The audacity, seriously. Right? And then like, you know, relatives like Tita would comment. I had one Tita that made a comment about, you know, because I said that it's so hard to find maternity clothes that, are, that look like potato sack. Back yeah. then, there weren't a lot of options when I was pregnant with my Same. kids that are like, mm-hmm. now I see a lot of like amazing styles and yeah. like, it seems like a lot more options. But back then it was like, 
you're going to look like a potato sack. So what I did was I started buying um, regular clothes in extra large, right? And I would say that, like we were having a conversation and one of the titas said, well, get used to it because that's going to be your size from now on. (laughs) Right? And then they think it's like these comments are like, you know, harmless. And that's the thing. And they think it's funny and they get mad when you get mad, you know? Yeah. And one of my feelings. Exactly. And it's like one of my biggest pet peeve as well as a Filipino mom is the constant shaming, especially when my kids were younger, about my decision, like our decision to not um, spank our kids. Like physical Mm -hmm. punishment is not a Mm -hmm. thing. Like, you know, and their constant thing is like, they're going to be spoiled if they weren't spanked or if you don't enforce physical punishment. Did you have that as well? Um, You know what? It's interesting because, um, so my parents live in Canada Mm -hmm. and my in-laws are nearby. Uh, they generally like respect the way that we raise the kids you know mm-hmm. um if anything they'll offer their comments but they they're pretty hands-on um and we like you we don't we don't hit you know mm-hmm. uh, instead we talk we talk through it which may be worse like <laughs> my daughter sometimes just, just spank me and get it over with because like sometimes when we talk it's in depth you know mm-hmm. i want you to understand you know why we're having this talk what happened mm-hmm. and can we fix this and sometimes it'll be an hour long too, mm-hmm. and that's the way it is, you know. Talk about, you know, mom shaming and its effects, um, you know, in terms of mental health, someone's self-esteem, mm-hmm. right? You mentioned that you have had experience um, of mom shaming. I want to mm-hmm. hear in terms of how did that impact you? How did that impact your mental health? And did it also, you know, was your self-esteem impacted as well? Girl, I might cry, and I feel like this isn't a place to <laughs> But it's very hard. I don't know if anyone realizes this, because sometimes people think they're just making comments. Mm. Sometimes, right? Like, and sometimes in our culture, you know, Filipinos just like to talk to talk. They just want to say something, and they don't mm. necessarily want the ramifications of what they're saying. They don't care about how you feel. You know what I mean? They're yeah. And, then, and then even <laughs> if you call them out, they're saying, joke, joke, lang. You're too sensitive. You're still the one, the person in the wrong Oh, room, they right? will flip the tables on you like that. Exactly. How dare you? right Mm -hmm. but the truth is because you're surrounded by that and you're not able to express as I feel I wasn't Mm -hmm. again I was really young you know Mm -hmm. and um culturally you're not told to talk back and see that's like another thing you're told not to talk back and speak up for yourself so I didn't and um the ramifications honestly were it was almost this domino effect first you have me of course my confidence as a mom was like just down I was like I'm a horrible mother, mm. um, you know, and it made me very sad that I was like, no matter what I'm going to do, I'm always going to step into a room where someone's going to know more than me about my child or know better than me. Mm. So it was um, it was hard because not only was I a young mom that had to grow up just as a person, mm. but now I also had to fight against that bad self-talk that mm. I had learned and picked up from these people that were telling me that I wasn't good enough mm-hmm. or that I was telling me I was wrong when really I wasn't hurting anyone. I wasn't hurting mm. my children. I wanted them to be children for as long as they could, you know, and yeah, but um, it's um, yeah. Like it honestly me, I was never an introvert. I became one. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to talk to anyone. This mm. is going to be the four of us. That's what we're going to do. Um, and that really what is what happened. I was like, I'm not, I was so afraid to make friends, you mm. know, um, that's why I was telling you like even before like before the podcast came along I had no one because I didn't have anyone mm. and um, so that podcast literally like saved me 
because it became my village. They became my real sisters, you know. Um, but beyond that, after recording, you know, I was alone a lot. Mm. And I was like, no, I'm just not going to engage because it just, it was too hurtful. Mm-hmm. Um, and sadly, because I was like that, the thing that you have to realize is your kids pay attention. Mm-hmm. And my daughter pays such close attention to me down to like the detail of me, how many times I look in the mirror, scrutinizing myself. She'll mm-hmm. do the same thing you know Mm. and you think oh no I'm not hurting anyone I'm just talking to myself no 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 she's listening Mm -hmm. and so because I was recluse socially she had become recluse socially Mm -hmm. and so I felt like we both had missed out on a lot of things because we were trying well I was trying to protect myself and she in turn had picked up that maybe it's fine that it's just us Mm -hmm. and you know and it's it's sad to think about I look back at that and now of course it's like decade later or so and I've grown a lot like both as just a mom and a human being right mm. where I, I'll still replay it I'm like oh, I should have said this I mm. should have like spoke up for myself I should have spoke up for my kid I should have done this and that mm-hmm. but um you know at least there's that that you've learned and grown right mm-hmm. and um but you can't take back those years you know and even Matea like I feel so bad like she used to be so outgoing and she had missed out on so much because she thought that oh no we're just gonna be just us mm-hmm. you know Mm-hmm. so it's really tough and I, like I swear like it's so true because I really only started to open myself up again recently like literally mm-hmm. last year I made a friend and <laughs> and my daughter was so proud of me you know yeah. she was just like oh my gosh you have a friend you know and um like this is someone that I'll go have coffee with that's independent of her you know it's not mm-hmm. because she's friend with their kid or anything like that it's just someone that's genuinely my friend but um but that is kind of the ramifications of it like socially and mentally mm-hmm. on me you know um, that it was just, it made, just made me really depressed, made me really sad. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I felt like I didn't, it was again, lonely. And, uh, I just didn't trust anyone with me or with like uh, me as a mom. Mm. Yeah. See, yeah. I'm listening to you because I've met you mm-hmm. just recently, just last year when you're already outgoing, outspoken, you seem yeah. very confident and really comfortable in your own skin. So mm-hmm. listening to you, of telling me that story I can't make the connection because like (laughs) I've always known you as you know you're so happy outspoken like what I said um so you know understanding that right and and looking back what would you say to that version of you now that you're in this spot never tolerate it you know whatever you wanted to say don't even worry about how they're going to say just say it you know if, if you believe that it was to defend yourself, speak up for yourself, first of all, speak up for your child, most of all, that, because that's something that I regret, 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 when they judge, and I'm, I'm, I'm the one apologizing, are you kidding me? Mm. I did nothing, yeah, no way, and I'm, there were times, again, where I'll apologize on behalf of my dad, oh, I'm so sorry, no, mm. never, mm. you know, and again, that's a tough lesson to learn, because you can't take back those moments, mm-hmm. but no, never tolerate it, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. um, and again, like, always your kid first essentially do you ever have the conversation with your kids now that they're grown about those times about those insecurities that you had as a young mom how lonely you felt because that's the other thing too being a mom people don't understand that it can be lonely it is lonely right yeah Um, Yeah. because you know especially the older generation they they have this idea that you can't possibly be lonely you have a child this should be the happiest that's your purpose that's who you are yeah exactly you know what I mean like so Mm -hmm. you know like how how do you make that connection 
Um, definitely. First, like I talk to at least whatever is age appropriate. You mm. know what I mean? I'll start talking to them. Like Massimo is still 13. He's not quite there, like in terms of like these types of discussions, you know, but my daughter definitely, again, because I feel like she had carried some of that with her. Mm. And um, so a few years back, I had noticed it. And we that's when we started talking about it. That's when her and I started healing from this together, mm. actually, mm. you know. And um, she was afraid to make social connections. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, that's because I'm afraid to make so. And so there was a lot to dissect. There was a lot on my part to apologize for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, her and I ended up doing like um, a podcast episode on faith and family or like tired moms, right? And it was just her and I. And it was just her experiences about me as a parent and mm-hmm. her now as a teen and the times that I've apologized to her and for what. You know, so I'm very open to talking to my children about that, about my experience, about the Mm. times I was blue, you know, the baby blues came Mm -hmm. like that's another topic, you know, that I'm very open to talking to them about Um, the times where I felt like alone in the community or like alone as a mom or the times that I made mistakes like on them that sometimes I'm like, oh, that was my bad. I'm so sorry. It shouldn't have been that way. This is Mm. what I should have done. Mm. Uh, I'm just grateful that. I was introduced to a lot of people, especially in our community, that are doing the healing work Yes, um, yeah. as well, because it's so inspiring when you see other people in the community that are doing things differently, and, and you never yeah. knew, and you never really understood it before, that that's, you know, a lot of the things that were normalized in our community were not, yes. right? Not exactly. until you hear it from other people, and they share their experience, I'm like, oh, we can do that, Let's do that. <laughs> we can no, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> because we're, we're scared, you know, we're scared right. to walk the boat, offend anybody. Um, And you mentioned something earlier as well about, you know, your husband showing affection, the gentleness to your kids Mm -hmm. um, and the constant feedback like, oh, you're teaching them to be soft. And that really like hit me because growing up, our upbringing is always like, be tough, be tough. Mm -hmm. Don't cry. Resilient. Don't cry. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff, right? Like if we would go to my dad, we got bullied and we go and say, hey, you know, somebody bullied us, we're going to get in trouble because mm. what did you do? Why didn't you fight back? Why are you the right. one? They should be the one. Right. Like, exactly. you know what I mean? So that's like the mm-hmm. mentality. So as a yeah. mom, and when you're struggling, when you're feeling lonely, when you don't know what to do and you need help, it's really hard to reach out and say, I need help. Because then exactly. you're, you're weak. Like, how are you? Right. Even, right. Right. Exactly. And it's almost like you perpetuate this cycle in your head mm-hmm. right it's really in your head because you believe that you're believing the narrative that they're telling you you're already you're wrong and you're weak right and if you say it then it's true because if you say it to that same community then they'll be like see you're weak right you should have done what we said you should have followed those kids you should have whatever but in reality it's like well we're people too you know like I can't do this by myself and I'm like really lucky I've like mentioned to you all these ways that I've been really lucky you know mm-hmm. I'm really fortunate really blessed like uh, but I can never like without all of that like support or community or like love never mm-hmm. never get through it but again even with that said when you're being bullied by a community and they're just like you they're not gonna say anything it's like oh maybe they're right you know That's and it. you don't say anything and it's so sad it's so sad it is so you know us having that experience and going through it all what advice yeah. would you give to other moms that are currently going through it um you know what would you tell them well, um, I would probably echo back to some of the stuff that I would have told myself when I was mm. younger, right? Mm-hmm. Never tolerate, never tolerate it, you mm. know. And I, I, I'm not saying yell at your Lola, you know. Mm. <laughs> do not, don't do that. There's always yeah. a kind and respectful manner to handle these things, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like you have to keep your head and you have to stay kind and you have to. 
whether or not it has to be that situation where you have to talk to them and mm-hmm. like a, like a child and explain to them why this is what you're choosing to do then mm-hmm. so be it but i the one thing that i will say not to do is don't let it go mm-hmm. don't let it be okay mm-hmm. for for that to happen because it just perpetuates it mm-hmm. the more of us like i know like you were saying there's a bunch of us that are trying to break this generational cycle mm-hmm. like trauma cycle mm-hmm. that that like many people still believe are correct correct ways to raise kids mm-hmm. you know but the more of us that talk about it and then we show them that there's a gentler way mm-hmm. that produces great human beings mm-hmm. you know then at least it's dialogue but if you just let it happen and then nothing's nothing's going to change so i would say don't tolerate it be proactive right stay kind and you know always communicate clear boundaries you know if you have to say i got it <laughs> thank you for your comments thank you for your comment tita i got it you know mm-hmm. and so be it what's the worst that can happen they'd be offended they're going to be offended about everything anyway they're <laughs> offended that you wore this dress you know what i mean they're offended that you're fat or you're skinny or whatever so what's new right at least you're standing up for yourself and your kids so mm-hmm. those are the things that i would say yeah, I love that. And there's so many great advice there for sure. And I think one of the biggest fear for yeah. me anyways, when I was a mom um, and wanting to do things my way and at the same time being afraid to tell people and set those boundaries, like you mentioned, of like saying, hey, mm-hmm. I got this. I'm doing yeah. it my way type of thing. One of mm-hmm. the biggest um, fear, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, is the isolation or alienation, right? Because now you're not listening to them anymore. Right. Um, they feel disrespected. Sure. So you know the whole motherhood journey it's it's amazing it's wonderful but it's also lonely right it and is. you need as much support as you can get and mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier we get so scared to yeah. not rock the boat because we want to be part of the community we want that support right but is it yeah. really support if you're if it's not making you feel good if you like if it's really impacting your mental health and your self-esteem exactly like you went out of your way to build your own community of other moms through the podcast right right um and you have your support system there mm-hmm. and that really helped you in your journey right and right. i think that's something that um, a lot of other moms out there need to realize is that you know yes family is great for support but if you're not getting that support there's you can still and you can connect with other communities to have that platform, right? 100%, 100%. Um, I wouldn't trade babysitting for my mental health. Mm. (laughs) Never, you know what I mean? Um, You really have to think about at what cost am I letting this happen, right? At what cost? And um, yeah, the trade is just not there to you, to your child or anything. So you're right, like they're out there. There are people, like-minded people out you out there. Maybe you'll find them online. And that's okay too, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe there are, there are even like Facebook groups out there that and all of a sudden you'll realize, oh, we're in the same thing. Let's just meet up, you know, let's have a play date. There, yeah. there are many ways to find that community. Yeah. So don't ever feel like you're just stuck with either the community that you were born into or mm-hmm. the, you know, that you're just connected to because you're culturally the same or whatever. You're not stuck. There's literally like billions of people on this earth. Trust me, you'll find, yeah. you'll find. And there's you'll two find right here. People. If you're listening right to this here. episode and you exactly. want to connect with someone that understands it and gets it and you can relate to what we're discussing right now, feel free to connect yeah. with myself and Marielle. We'll be sharing our information um, towards the end as well. Um, but before we end this podcast, I want to share a few key takeaways from our conversation tonight. You know, it's been an enlightening and very, like, I really felt this conversation in my heart, Marielle, as a mom, as a Filipina, like when you connect with somebody that went through the same experience as you and and it resonates, right? So you really feel it in your heart, all the stories. Um, And it's just so powerful, you know, the, the, and this is the impact of storytelling. When you hear other people experiencing the same things, it validates your experience. Exactly. 
those feelings because a lot of times you're either being gaslighted by other people or you're gaslighting yourself. Yes, <laughs> right? yes exactly. So, you know, I, I just want to um, recap some of the key takeaways that we can carry forward as we navigate this tricky world of mom shaming. Um, yeah. The number one takeaway for me is empathy and support for moms, right? One yes. of the most significant takeaways um, is the importance of empathy and support for mothers. Mom shaming is such a pervasive issue that affects countless mothers leaving invisible scars on their mm -hmm. emotional well-being. And as a society, let's remember that everyone's journey is unique. And what works for one may not work for another. Instead of judging, let's strive to be understanding, compassionate, and non-judgmental, offering helping hand and listening ear to support each other. Number two, the power of storytelling. This mm -hmm. whole chikahan is so healing for me. Um, <laughs> you know, Marielle, you clearly have a passion for storytelling and it's been a driving force in your work from yeah. hosting the Tired Moms podcast um, and also to your involvement when it comes to like projects like The Jungle um, and the Finding Manila Town. So it's mm -hmm. really important that we use storytelling as a powerful tool to break the silence surrounding mom shaming. Um, yeah. building resilience and empowerment. I think, you know, we heard all the inspiring stories that we've shared. Um, and it's also when you build that resilience and you empower yourself, you're empowering your children as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, and supporting community initiatives. Um, we mentioned that there's gazillion community outreach out there. Um, and I think, Marielle, you use your platform as well to create these um initiatives with your gift of like storytelling writing um producing amazing content right um you know the power of community driven initiatives and you know let's let's continue to support each other but i want to pass the microphone to marielle before we end this um chat this chikahan um you know i really hope that this conversation has inspired you so much and it has inspired us Remember, we all have the ability to make a positive impact, whether it's supporting moms, breaking the silence, or celebrating our diverse communities. So special thank you to my amazing Kumare, Marielle, oh, for sharing thank you. her experiences and insights with us. I want to take this moment now to pass the microphone to you. I do have one last question. Um, what makes Marielle happy? Oh, that's a lovely question. I don't feel that that gets asked enough to anyone. What makes Marielle happy? It's really simple things. Um, I want to have time with my family. That makes me happy. Am I allowed to have multiple happy things? Yes. Okay. French fries make me happy. Mm. Um, <laughs> but really, it's like if I could have time with my family and doing absolutely nothing, that mm. makes me happy. I think time doing the things that I love make me happy. Like, again, like you had mentioned, stories, storytelling, that's really where my heart is. Mm -hmm. And if I could just have the mental space and the time to always do that and to interface with people like you who continue to drive this, um, you know, into the community, like that's what I love, you know, to do. Um, yeah, those are the things that make me happy. My family makes me happy. Potatoes make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone wants Very to share telling. stories with you, how do people how do people connect? How would they connect with you? Share your just, Instagram um, handles. Yes, yes. Connect with me on Instagram. It's Marielle Davina. So I'm sure that we'll have some kind of graphic, but it's M-A-R-I-E-L-D-I-V-I-N-A. That's my personal handle, like on Insta. Again, I'm inviting everyone, you know, moms, not moms. Um, interestingly, a lot of um, the audience that listens to our podcast, some of them aren't even moms. They just connect, you know. Um, so please do connect, you know. 
one if you want to keep up to date with some of our, the other stuff we're doing the, for the community um, with the jungle. It's literally the jungle, you know, mm-hmm. on Instagram as well. So yeah, keep up with us there, but don't hesitate to shoot me a message or comment or like. Uh, I won't uh, judge you for stalking. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we will definitely be stalking for sure. I am. I'm your number one stalker online. So uh, I love it. Where are all the likes, though? Don't just. Well, do. we need to make the stalking happen in real life, my <laughs> friend. <laughs> there you go. Next time I'm in Toronto or, you know, you're coming down here. Please. Definitely. Real please. life stalking. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I would love that. Yes. Well, thank you. I love you. I love you. Talk to you again soon. Yay. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Chica Sacasa. If you enjoyed this episode and want to stay connected, be sure to subscribe to Chica Sacasa on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions, topics you'd like us to cover, or simply want to say hello, feel free to email us at chicasacasa at gmail.com. Remember, Chica Sacasa isn't just a podcast. It's a movement where hearts connect, stories inspire, and cultures unite. We are building a community where your voice matters. Thank you for being a part of the Chica Sacasa family. This is Argentina. Until next time.